Much like any other day, Lady Amanda Ravensdale, daughter of the Duke of Avesbury, took a bite of buttered toast and a sip of cold tea before returning her attention to the femur resting before her on the polished mahogany dining table. A practical examination approached, and she had her heart set on achieving a perfect score. She scanned its surface, murmuring anatomical terms, greater trochanter, medial epicondyle, linear aspera. A grinding of gears and a gentle bump against her chair drew her attention. "'Thank you, R.T.' she said to the steambot, lifting a china cup filled with fresh, hot tea. The roving table reversed course and whirred its way back toward the kitchens. "'Must you?' Olivia shrieked from behind her. "'The horrors I endure each day as a member of this family. I will never forgive you for caving to such a base desire to mingle with the middle class in an anatomical theatre. My sister in medical school. It's a social nightmare.' Amanda smirked at her sister's tantrum and twisted in her chair. "'And I will never forgive you for the hours I've lost enduring soliloquy after soliloquy about the difficulties of obtaining an ice sculpture come June. "'I'll have you know, planning a proper society wedding is quite an undertaking.' Olivia pointed her nose in the air, and golden ringlets bounced about her face. "'Carlton will one day be Viscount Bromwich.' "'Children!' father warned from the end of the table. He lifted the morning paper higher. On the front page, headlines proclaimed the latest indignity. A German Imperial Fleet Zeppelin had attacked what was, the British Navy insisted, a mere merchant's vessel. "'At least a wedding is a suitable pursuit for a lady,' Olivia persisted as she stomped over to the buffet. "'Carlton says women have no business pursuing a career.' Amanda rolled her eyes. She was thoroughly sick of hearing her future brother-in-law quoted, so she stuck in the proverbial scalpel and gave it a sharp twist. Carlton simply wants nothing to distract you from your duty as a broodmare. Her sister's jaw unhinged, and she all but dropped her plate of dry toast on the table. You are so crass. It's to society's benefit that you have set course to become a dried-up old maid. If that's what it takes to be permitted to use my talents. It wasn't that she opposed marriage— or children. It was the limitations a husband imposed upon a married female member of the peerage. Not a single man had yet met her standards. Though Mr. Summersby shows promise, she added aloud. He was the only male classmate who didn't sneer at her presence in the lecture hall. Quite the opposite. Not that she had feelings for him, but she'd promised her father she would husband-hunt. The second son of a baron, a mere commoner, Olivia sniffed. But when she turned toward father, her expression grew concerned. "'Speaking of marriage and rotten siblings, any news of Emily?' Another manifestation of Olivia's obsession with marrying a title. Scandal might break at any moment. The Tun believed Lady Emily visited relatives in Italy, but if society learned the truth, that their sister had run off with gypsies to study ancient herbal law, well, Carlton wouldn't want anything to do with Olivia. Worse, Emily had also married Luca— a gypsy she'd known since childhood, a fact she and father had kept from the rest of the family. No need to send mother and Olivia into a blind panic. Though Amanda herself was proud of her sister for taking her future into her own hands, father's response was more tempered. He respected Emily's decision, but had three as-yet-unwed children to manage, and a wife who valued her social connections among the ton above all else. As such, all communication with her sister had been severed. Father's narrowed eyes appeared over the top of the paper. 
Not a word. He carefully folded the paper, placed it on the table, and pointed to an article. Though I worry for her every day. Amanda leaned forward, reading over her sister's shoulder, there in all its gruesome detail buried at the bottom of page eight. South London, another gypsy slain, eyes torn from sockets. One must wonder to what he bore witness. A small frisson of worry skittered down her spine. Luca's family often settled in South London during the coming winter months, and gypsies travelled in tightly-knit family groups. She could only hope that this year his family had chosen another city. Amanda stepped through the French windows of the library into the crisp, cool autumn air and strolled through the gardens towards the chicken coop. "'A good morning to you, Penny,' Amanda greeted a fat white hen. Penny clucked her usual cheerful response. Eight years ago.'